2: All right, Pharrell back on uh, Coast to Coast. We bring in Mafia, our fight uh, expert with uh, MMA and boxing. I got to tell you, you and I have seen the Charlo brothers fight a lot Saturday on Showtime, the doubleheader stack card, five title fights. You know you've seen their speed and power live in front of your face. Uh, How excited are you to watch them fight and all these title fights Saturday night on Showtime?
3: It's got to get really excited. And, you know, you you got to love a good bargain in fighting whenever you can get a pay-per-view like this because you're not getting just one fight that you know and want to watch and the rest are a bunch of guys you never heard of. You're getting two title fights with both brothers. You're getting five title, title fights overall, six fights on the card. I mean, how can you not beat that? You, the same price that you get for probably one card, you're getting two cards stacked with title fights. It's the best thing boxing has probably done in years.
2: Yeah, I can't wait. I love watching the Charlo brothers. And not only that, uh, they defend their belts and they punish and they pound and they go to war and they mean business. Not only do they defend their belts, they knock guys out and they, they mean business. They are the future of boxing. Get a glimpse of it yourself Saturday night on uh, pay-per-view. Showtime's got it. Our friend Steven Espinosa, Brian Custer, everybody calling the fights. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. All right, so what did you think of Covington? I thought he beat Woodley's ass. You were dead right about that fight.
3: Listen, there's a reason the books had him as such a big favorite because he was such a better fighter right now at this point in his career. He just did everything he wanted to against Woodley. He got him in the clinch, brought him to the ground, beat him up a little bit, just wore him down completely. Woodley looked terrible. He looked old in that fight. He looked like he had nothing left. And then you get the freak ending there where it looks like it's going to the points decision that we thought it would. And then all of a sudden, even though Woodley's kind of got the guillotine choke as he gets taken down, but not a good one, just kind of a defensive one. And then all of a sudden just screams, doesn't even tap. The ref jumps in and stops it because something got you know popped in his ribs. I think they're saying he probably rib cartilage got torn, but gets injured again, which has been the thing that has hurt him so much literally and figuratively the last four years is that, that he's had all these injuries and that's kept him from getting in there and fighting back when he was the champion. And even afterwards, you know, we didn't get a lot of fights from these last couple of years because of the injuries stacking up and him having to recover from them and things like that. So once again, he gets injured, looks bad. You know, you saw Dana say like, it might be time for him to be done. There's just not much left for him to do in this cage right now against these top guys that he's just proven he can't compete with anymore. And he's got his, all these other things set up at 38 years old. It might be time to take the gloves off and move on.
2: Well, not only did Dana say he should hang him up, he he said uh, Donald Cerrone should hang him up as well.
3: Yeah, the problem with that is, you know, Woodley's got everything else that he has outside the cage, Cerrone. All he has is his cage. Like, he has his family. He loves that. He loves his ranch and doing all these crazy things he's doing, whether it's, you know, on the horseback riding or the off-roading, you know, on the the bikes and on the ATVs and on the trucks and, you know, all the cowboy stuff he does, jumping out of planes. He's, He's insane. You know, wakeboarding. But outside of that, like, those are the outside interests, but there's nothing that he has professionally going outside of the cage besides his family and things like that. He just loves fighting. That's all he's about. And he doesn't have that diversified portfolio like Willie has where he's got himself set up. So for him, all he knows is fighting. That's all he wants to do. You might think that, you know what, it's time for him to hang it up because he would have lost that fight if not the intentional eye pokes in the first round that lost a point there for Price. He would have gone down and lost that two rounds to one. Would have been the fifth loss in a row. Still. The guy's crazy. He just loves to get in the cage. He'll do it on a moment's notice. He's not gonna hang him up. You're gonna have to push him out of the cage.
2: Well, I mean Mir is signed on for bare knuckle. Would uh, Cerrone go bare knuckle?
3: It wouldn't surprise me if he did. You know, he's crazy enough to have started his own fight ring in his house, let alone, you know, have go to bare knuckle fighting, which is you know legitimate at this point. He'll fight anywhere, anyone, anytime, as long as you give him money. So it doesn't matter what league it is, whether it's bare-knuckle fighting, whether it's Bellator, whether it's one or any of these other promotions. He might even just, like I said, start up his own thing if he wants and just keep it going that way. There's no way this guy's going to hang it up. If the UFC gets rid of him, he'll just fight somewhere else.
2: We welcome in all of our radio affiliates. Check out sportsgridradio.com. Get the Sports Grid Radio app. You can watch us do the shows on our YouTube page. Just search Sports Grid Radio. Check out Sports Grid Radio Overnights. all-in-a-bench Sports Rage and Bagels and Bad Beats. We're also on Mightier 1090 in San Diego and all of Southern California.
4: So good to have
2: you on Coast to Coast today. All right, uh, Chamaev, unbelievable 17-second bomb knockout haymaker. And this guy's stock is through the roof.
3: Yeah, I was very surprised with how quickly he made, you know, work of his opponent this time. Like I said, it was the first time him coming across the, you know, the big pond there. He's always fought in Europe and Asia's first time he fought in the US, come all the way to Vegas, not having any fans or anything to, to work off of. To come here against a more veteran opponent who kind of seen his last two fights and said, Okay, I'm not gonna let this guy just take me right down to the mat and beat me up. Well, he did do that. He kind of see he was circling back. You see, he was waiting for Jamayev to come near him, but kept his back to the cage, didn't want to get him, you know, on his back and taking him down. And instead, all he does is one-punch knockout, gets him with a little hook there the right, puts him right down, 17 seconds in, he's done. So once again, it's, well, throw him back in there if you can. The only problem is this time it's not in the same area. They're leaving, obviously, this week to go to Abu Dhabi and do all the fights there for the next five weeks. But get him right back in the protocols and the testing, fly him back across the ocean and throw him in Abu Dhabi. I'm sure he's ready for it. He might try to break the record and try to get five fights in one year.
2: All right. Respectfully, I got about 45 seconds. Uh, I thought the Covington-Usman television interview was embarrassing, but I'm not surprised because that's the way Covington behaves. He's the heel. He's the bad guy. He's vulgar, everything else. But I don't think he deserves to fight him again right now. He already got his ass beat uh, by him once. Uh, Aren't there other people that they can line Usman up with, like Burns and, and et cetera, instead of Covington?
3: Yeah, they should. I mean, Burns is fighting for the belt now, so he's going to have to wait either way. I think what they should do, if, you know, not getting this Diaz fight with Mosfidal probably. And if you don't, you know, if you definitely don't, then go Mosfidal, Covington. These guys, former teammates, these guys hit each other, a lot of trash talking. Have them fight, have them brawl, have them try to take each other's heads off. And whoever wins that, then you can get a shot at the belt again because they're still the top-ranked guys. But they both are coming off losses to them. Make them fight.
2: Yeah, I think so. That'll be great. I'll tell you what, uh, great job, Mafia. We'll come back, and we're going to talk to uh, Adam Kaplan, our NFL insider, about all the injuries and everything in NFL.
4: Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All
2: right, Pharrell back on uh, Coast to Coast. We welcome in our NFL insider, Adam Kaplan. Of course, uh, you can follow him at KaplanNFL on social media, on Twitter. Uh, Adam, good to have you on Coast to Coast, uh, per usual, on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays. That's the schedule. So uh, let's start. I mean, it's just been an unbelievable uh, weekend in the NFL, devastating injuries across the board. Like nothing I've really seen in a while in terms of star high-priced talent getting injured, Uh, a lot of big names with big money contracts. Let's start with the 49ers, uh, Jimmy G, Mostert. uh, We know about Kittle, but Nick Bosa, uh, Solomon Thomas, I mean, it was unbelievable. It was like the walking dead.
5: It was, not the, the issue now the 49ers have, we'll get to the injuries in a second, but guess what? They're in that stadium next week uh, to play the Giants. Uh, that, that's a shame, it really is. So let's get to Nick Bosa. His MRI, MRI results are not in yet. Based on the initial testing, which was done on the field, it's called the Lachman Test. They believe it's an ACL, which obviously knocked him out for the season. Solomon Thomas, who now starts a defensive tackle, they suspect, based on their initial testing, it's an ACL. But, again, they have not got the MRI results. They've got Mostert stuff in. Mostert, Raheem Mostert, their starting running back, has an MCL sprain. He will not play this week against the Giants. Unfortunately, Tevin Coleman, who's another running back for the 49ers, he's probably not going to play this week, but they don't have the testing back. He has a sprained knee. Right now, they think it's going to be at running back, Jarek McKinnon. Speaking of knee problems, the previous two seasons he missed. He never played for the 49ers until this season we signed a contract three years ago uh, with multiple ACL injuries. But when you look at McKinnon, he looks, he looks very good by the way, all he looks really good. He'll be their new starting running back at least for this week. That's the belief. And they operated IU back. Uh, they, they don't have Debo Samuel back. He's on injured reserve. They have, a lot of guys are, they're decimated now on the defensive line. Remember DeForest Buckner their star defensive tackle and end, he was traded to the Colts in the off season. So this team, It's been hurt more than any other team in the National Football League due to injury.
2: I mean, it's unbelievable. And then they yet still killed the Jets. Now they're playing another weak team. And the Giants, the Giants look awful. uh, You have to admit, but the Jets, uh, you can't even describe how bad they are. Can the Niners get through this week? Before, I, I think at some level, all those injuries are going to take a toll at some level. At some point, it may ruin their season. There's no way they can just lose every star player on their team and keep winning.
5: Yeah, and one thing about Jimmy G I want to add to that is that Garoppolo has a high ankle sprain. But my understanding is it's a mild high ankle sprain. It's unlikely he plays against the Giants. You can put him in the doubtful category. But Kittle's got a chance to play this week. Remember we told you uh, during last Thursday segment that I was told – that George wanted to play this week, but it was unlikely because he's in pain, but they didn't think it was long-term. So here we are this week. They think he's got a chance to play, but he's got to get on the practice field. They're not going to play him for not practicing two weeks. That's just not going to happen. But you're right. Over time, it's see, here's them with these injuries, and and this other teams are going through this as well. They're not at one particular position. Quarterback, wide receiver, offensive line a little bit, defensive line in a big way. Oh, Richard Sherman, by the way, he's on injury reserve with a calf strain. So it's everywhere, and you're right, Pharrell. Going forward, they've got problems that are going to be exposed, but they play the bad Giants, lost Saquon Barkley for the season to a tour in ACL. They play the Eagles. We'll get to them in a minute. They're reeling. They had an awful performance at home. You think Kyle Shanahan, who they play in two weeks, you think Kyle Shanahan sees the, the struggles that the Eagles' defenses have it? I bet you he does.
2: Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, let me just briefly have you talk about the Jets and Gay saying, uh, this shack ain't no fun. Uh, the way they're getting beat, they look awful. I mean, they don't even look like a, frankly, an NFL team to me.
5: I was wrong. I will admit. On Friday's show, I thought they. I said they would lose, but they'd be more competitive. Here's the problem: Rashad Perriman, who they paying six million bucks to at wide receiver, he gets hurt early in the first quarter. He can't come back with an ankle injury. Their offensive line has been very mediocre so far. They struggled a little bit. They they trade Jamal Adams away. Where are your playmakers on defense? They just don't have anybody. And they look bad. The Bengals and the Jets right now are the two worst NFL teams. There are a lot of bottom feeders. They're the two worst. There's no question about it. Just through two weeks, that's what you're looking at.
2: Wow. And, I mean, uh, you could put the Vikings in there. I know they have all that talent, but not only that, uh, they got – but they got injuries, too, Anthony, Abar, bar, uh, th- and they look awful. You can't even describe to me what's happening in Minneapolis right now.
5: Their secondary is the problem, okay? For when you look at it, they're giving a big play after big play after big play. This is not like a Mike Zimmer defense. I-, I remember talking to Zim many years ago about his defense, and he'd always say, listen, it's about discipline with our defense. If you don't play with discipline, you won't play. Well, guess what? They're not playing with any discipline. And they've been terrible in the back end. Um, They're certainly, if you and I rank, let's give our top five disappointments this season, the Vikings are my top three.
2: And I think the Eagles are in the top three. Uh, You know, I mean, I'm not – I never expected anything from the Jets and Giants. But Philadelphia, I went 21-7 and in my NFL bets yesterday. And the only two teams that burned me were the Vikings and the Eagles. And then I, I lost the Texans spread and I lost the Steelers spread. But on Friday with you, I said the Steelers always have problems with the Broncos in Pittsburgh. If you get six or seven, take it. And then I lost the Cowboys spread. I hit every other bet. But my problem is, I think the Eagles look pathetic. You, you're in Philly. Tell me what's yep. wrong with them. I know you're doing all kinds of Eagle broadcasts.
5: Yeah, so let's, go, let's start with the quarterback, number 11, Carson Wentz. He is struggling, I'm told, badly with his mechanics. Not stepping the throws. Uh, not getting good weight transfer. He just doesn't look comfortable back there. And by the way, the regression with his mechanics, I'm told, started last season. And unfortunately, there's a carryover here. He's healthy. There's nothing wrong with him. He just is not playing at the level they expect. And their defense got absolutely embarrassed by the Rams. Sean McVay, it's like he knew exactly what what they were going to do on defense. It was unbelievable. And guess what? Two weeks, Sean McVay's mentor, Kyle Shanahan, it will be in San Francisco Philly will. And they play a lot of the same offense. That is not good for Philly. Let me tell you something. I'm doing a show tonight in Philly, 97 by the Fanatic. If the Eagles lose... On Sunday at home to the lowly Bengals, I'm sorry, they're, they're in our bad top three, okay? They're one of the top three worst. There will be Armageddon here in Philly. It will be unbelievably, it's been unbelievably negative for two weeks. I don't even want to imagine what it would be like if the Eagles lost to the lowly Bengals.
2: Listen, I'm going to put in a tie with the Bengals that you're talking about. I'm going to put it in a tie, but although I'll give you with more talent, the Lions have been a massive disappointment because a lot of people thought this was their year. Uh, Matt Patricia is going to get fired soon.
5: Here's the deal with the Lions. First of all, they got so many injuries. They're down two corners. They're down their slot corner, who Justin Coleman is an IR. Kenny Galladay hasn't played. He's their star wide receiver. It's hard to win when your best players are not on the field. So that's part of Matt Patricia's issue. But let's go back. to What ownership said? They said last season they expect to be playing meaningful games in December. Well, right now at 0-2, and, and they blew. By the way, they blew a lead last in. in the game against Green Bay, they went, went up early, very early, 14-0. They're not going to be playing any meaningful games in December if this continues. And who thought – I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I didn't think the Packers would be this good. I know they were certainly surprised last season. But they've been so aggressive throwing the football. It's interesting. They were not aggressive last season. And how good does Aaron Jones look at running back?
2: I mean, I, I love Aaron Jones. I, I always have. I think he's a stud. And they look dominant. And I'll tell you what. Uh, Not only did the Lions have a lead, but from the point when they were up 14, they got their ass pummeled, honestly, for the rest of the game. So they are as terrible as they usually are. I'm sick of hearing about – it's like hearing about the Browns two years ago. We're going to win the Super Bowl, and everybody was buying tickets on the Browns. The Browns never win the Super Bowl, let's be clear. Now, Cortland Sutton was injured going into the week, and there were questions whether he would go. Now he's done – and Drew Locke is injured as well. The Steelers pass rush roughed him up. Respectfully, I got 45 seconds.
5: Yeah, Cortland Sutton towards ACL in this game. I'm told that um it he came in with the shoulder, the, the sprained shoulder, but he's done for the season. It's 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 really sad. He's their best wide receiver by far. Jerry Judy got banged up in the game. KJ Hamler, he played his first NFL game, their second-round pick, and they're just decimated by injury. Isn't it amazing how many injuries to key players as you started our segment here? It is amazing the name value players that have been lost for the season. It's really awful. You feel bad for the Broncos. And Drew Locke with his right shoulder, they don't know if they're going to have him this week either.
2: Yeah, and uh, they got problems. They are at home this week, and I, I think they play the Bucks. I could be wrong. When we come they back, go. we'll talk about the Barkley injury and what it does to Joe Judge's G-Men in New York, and more injuries on top of that. They're stacked everywhere Um, Cam Switzer, everybody. Uh, Catch Game Time Decisions, top of the hour with our boy Morency and Cam going off on everything. That show's awesome. Uh, Let me uh, bring back Adam Kaplan, our NFL insider. I got to tell you, it was strange, Adam, watching the, like, really, frankly, back-to-back Barkley injuries. One time he goes down, it looked like he busted his wrist or his elbow popped out or hyperextended. And then literally within moments – uh, he ran the ball again over to the sideline and blew out his knee, and his season is over. I think this is a gigantic injury. I mean, I got to be honest with you. He's the only player on the whole team. I, I'll give you Daniel Jones on a on a flyer, but, but Barkley's the reason that I would pay to watch them play. There's no other reason to watch the New York Giants play football.
5: Yeah, it's a shame. I was talking to the Bears last night and they said that they could see that his knee buckled and they, they knew it was going to be bad and they, they saw it right on the field. It's a shame. So Daniel Jones, though, is a very aggressive thrower. He's sort of a younger and lowercase Carson Wentz. He's fearless when he throws the football. The coaches love him. Talking to the Giants, they, they 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 love this kid. They're not worried about him at all. But now here's the problem. As you said, they lose Saquon Barkley. It'll be Dion Lewis for now. He had 10 carries in placement in replacing him last week's, uh, yesterday's game, but they need help. Devontae Freeman's going to work out for the Giants. He's going to work out for the Eagles this week. He's a guy that turned down a pretty good offer, I'm told, from the Seahawks. So the Seahawks took that money and gave it to Carlos Hyde, who the Seahawks are very happy to have right now. But you know, the Eagles do like uh, Devontae Freeman. The Giants, they have to do something to run back. Deion Lewis has been sort of on a regression here, and we'll see how much he's got left. So... They're bad. The Giants are – we knew they are going to be a bad football team coming in. Uh, the defense, particular secondary, is not very good, though I will tell you. They played the best – that's the best the, that Giants secondary has played in, in, in several games, going back to obviously the last season. I give them credit. They almost, almost pulled off that upset.
2: Yeah, I hit the uh, Giants with the five and a half, uh, but that's neither here nor there. Let me say this. They should sign based on Pete Carroll offering a contract to Freeman – they should sign Freeman uh, within the next five minutes and not even let him work out for the Eagles. They should just sign Freeman. Deion Lewis is a disaster waiting to happen, at least with Freeman. They could have both of them there, and I think that you'd see Freeman would get the bulk of the load. Bottom line is they have to sign Freeman. Are you kidding me? They're going to let Deion Lewis carry him? their agree.
5: I agree. In fact, I think the Eagles, have, as I understand, they're up first. So and the Eagles, listen, the Eagles was with Miles Sanders. He looked great in, in Sunday's loss against the Rams. We've got Boston Scott, who you and I have talked about before. Just not good enough. If Sanders can't play for a while, you got to have an answer. And Freeman would be that answer. It, it, the way that a couple teams described it to me, it's Freeman's the top guy out there. Then it's Lamar Miller, who's coming back from ACL reconstruction. You might remember that he was with the Patriots uh, in training camp. But it's not a good group out there, and you're right. De- Devontae Freeman is the guy that teams want right now.
2: Yeah, listen, I'll tell you another thing. If he's working out with the Eagles first, I'd still make the call to his agent right now and do the deal behind their back uh, because uh, they need him more. than Now, I know Miles Sanders is down. If the Eagles are smart, they'll sign him as fast as you can spit because he's the guy that I would get. Lamar Miller, you can have him uh, six ways till Sunday. He's not as good as Freeman. Let's talk about McCaffrey's injury. What do you know, Adam? Yeah.
5: Yeah, it's a four to six week high ankle. It's your typical high ankle. Now, the way it's explained to me is this. McCaffrey has a history of coming back from minor injuries. This one's a little bit of a moderate injury. I wouldn't call it moderate, but he he has a history of coming back earlier from injury. So their hope is it's closer to the four than six weeks, but this is a real high ankle sprain and that's bad. Mike Davis will will fill any, you might, might remember Mike Davis with the Seahawks years ago, when he filled in at running back, he actually did very well against the Arizona Cardinals. He's a good player. He actually has done well so far when he's gotten in the game for some playing time. So it'll hurt them. And the, the Panthers are yet another team, for all. that's not looked good so far. They're in my bottom 10 of NFL teams of the 32. But, uh, yeah, th- this is devastating. You cannot make up for the best running back in the National Football League.
2: Uh, let's talk about the Bucks and I. they're getting uh, Godwin back. He's cleared concussion uh, protocol, and he's good to go. And how did you think they looked? I, I, they were my number one play yesterday, even laying nine, and they covered easily. Yeah, because,
5: look, getting Godwin back is going to help because they're not super deep at wide receiver, particularly on the outside. The, the the problem that you get is with the Bucks. they've had a justice offense for Brady. It worked yesterday. How much better can it get over time? And the other thing is they want to get the tight ends involved. They need to keep doing that. The Bucks were one of my seven playoff teams. But remember, we have one more wild card per conference. They're one of my extra teams here. But it's very hard to forecast without an offseason and a preseason how good they are. But they're clearly better with personnel. And that, that defense from Todd Bowles, I told you before the season started, the reason why I picked them the playoffs because Todd Bowles is one of the better D coordinators. He does a really good job with their defense.
2: So you talked to the Bills about Josh Allen?
5: Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing about the Josh Allen they told me. They say he and Stefan Diggs, you know, they worked together in the offseason, not in Buffalo, outside there, out, out, way outside there. They met and they worked out together. The thing that the Bills told me, his downfield accuracy, which obviously has not been very good up to the season, really improved in training camp. Week one, not so good. This week against the Dolphins, phenomenal. His best NFL game with deep throws, and he's a superior athlete for the position. The one thing he's got to stop doing is running the football. because you saw with Cam Newton, the accumulation of injuries are going to happen, even with big guys like Cam. Josh Allen loves to run when the pocket breaks down or he only, when sometimes he doesn't go through the reads, but they love him. He's competitive, and they all rally around him. Their defense had two linebacker injuries in, the, in the, coming into this game. Uh, that, that hurt them a little bit, but they're really, really good, and they are clearly better than the Patriots. I give the, By the way, I give the Patriots a lot of credit. That was an incredible game Sunday night.
2: It was an incredible game. and It was even more incredible than I laid four and covered. Uh, so let me ask you this. Uh, Ruggs is going to play tonight uh, for the Raiders. Is that the story against the yeah, Saints? Told, yeah,
5: talking to Raiders source, he's playing tonight. Uh, he's, what happened is he got hit with a, the opponent's helmet into his knee, So he left last week's game for a little bit. They worked on it. He came back to finish it. And they purposely kept him out of as much practice as they could. Remember, they had an extra day because the game was on Monday night. So, again, barring something unforeseen in pregame warm-ups, we'll line up at that Z position opposite Brian Edwards, their other rookie wide receiver.
2: Do you think uh, Dan Quinn uh, should be fired for that performance yesterday? I mean, how many more meltdowns are we going to watch this team
5: fired? Yeah, I, I don't recommend people getting fired, but I can tell you, covering this business for 21 years, when it looks this bad, when you choke like this, when you're coming off of a bad season, a bad season before that, if this continues, he's just not. You would think theoretically he's not going to finish the season. Um, it, they're a disaster. You and I have talked about this for the last two weeks. Their defense, particularly the back end, is atrocious. It's terrible. I mean, it's they're just not competitive right now. They I have not seen a team melt down like that. And the onside kick they gave up. Are you serious? How does that happen? (laughs) It cannot happen. But it did to the Falcons. It's embarrassing. I'm a big DQ fan, but you just want to hug the guy and go, man, what has happened to your Falcons the last three seasons?
2: Yeah, I'll do it for you. He's doomed, okay? So, fair enough. You don't want to do it? I will. He's doomed, and I think Patricia's doomed. Uh, The losing, if I own the team and the losing continues like this, like it has been going on with them forever since the Super Bowl. That's all there is to it. Uh, What do you think of uh, the job Herbert did, and will Tyrod Taylor immediately get that gig back if he's good to go?
5: Yeah, I think uh, the head coach of the Chargers said it's his job. i got to give Justin Herbert credit. Here's why. So Tyrod Taylor gets hurt in pregame warmups, which really happens. You're not getting hit in pregame. He, he doesn't wind up playing. Herbert, without any preparation with the one, he didn't get any, very little. The, back, the number two quarterback gets zero reps of the first team offense, or maybe a few. And despite all that, they push the Chiefs to the limit. I got to give this kid credit. that He was very courageous. Uh, they don't have a great offensive line. Mike Pouncey, their, their center on injured reserve. I give him all the credit in the world. I'm very surprised because... The word around the league was he was probably the furthest away from being ready to play this season. But now they've got that on tape and they are one and one. It was unfortunate loss. They've lost so many close games, unfortunately, the last three seasons. But I got to give Justin Herbert credit. I saw him at the Senior Bowl. He was the MVP this, that week. Uh, but i uh, tell you what, he's a big time athlete with a big time arm and got to give this kid credit. He did a tremendous job.
2: Yeah, I thought so. I love that eight and a half. And uh, I love that 58-yarder that he made three in a row at the end there. Uh, I don't know how he did it. My leg would have been shot after the first one. Uh, What's the deal with Bruce Irvin? Is that an ACL? Is he done?
5: Yeah, they think it's serious, yeah. And and the problem is with that team. And remember, they didn't bring, bring back Clowney. They have next to no pass rush. That is why they told me that Jamal Adams would be inside the box like it was with the Jets. He's their best pass rusher. Jamal Adams is that guy, and he impacts a lot. But I'll tell you what, uh, they're just very light defensive end. And that's an area I think that's going to come up and bite them, I think, late in the season when the schedule gets harder and you just have to get in the playoffs. It's going to be hard for them. But is there a quarterback right now who's playing better than Russell Wilson? I can't find one.
2: No. Uh, respectfully, I got 60 seconds. Paris Campbell's injury, and Malik Hooker. I know Hooker's done for the year. Is Campbell?
5: Uh, didn't look good. Uh, MRI's coming back soon. Malik Hooker t- suffered the torn Achilles. He's done, and yet another serious injury for us. You correctly stated when we, we, we started this segment. It's, I haven't seen anything like this in a week, too, in and, and many, many years. It's a shame, and it definitely it's definitely going to impact how teams perform in the future.
2: All right, respectfully, 30 seconds. Who do you like in the game tonight?
5: I'm going to pick the Saints, but I am I am concerned with Michael Thomas not playing. The problem with the the Raiders is this. Their secondary is not very good. Their press rush is inconsistent. They're better linebacker. The Saints are clearly the better football team. Also, Marcus Davenport, one of their starting is out, so that, that does concern me. I think the Raiders could hang in it in their first-ever game if they won't have fans there in Las Vegas, but I am going to pick the better team the better team in this case to win it that is the New Orleans Saints
2: yeah I'm with you and I I still think they even without Thomas are still loaded still more dangerous than the Raiders and I thought uh, the Raiders would give the Pats a game I don't think that'll happen either Adam great job it's coast to coast you got it
1: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All
2: right, all back on Coast to Coast. Don't forget Saturday, this Saturday the 26th. If you like boxing like I do, like everyone on Coast to Coast does, you got a stacked double dip. I love it. The Charlo brothers, both of them are fighting. There are five title fights amongst the six fights that they're going to show you. Here's how they're doing it on Showtime pay-per-view. Three fights, then a 30-minute intermission, then another three fights. It's beautiful. Six compelling fights, all for 74.99. You cannot beat that. It's a double stack card. The WBC super well champ, Jermel Charlo, takes on the 154-pound WBA and IBF champ, um, Hayson Rosario. That'll be incredible. And then undefeated WBC middleweight champ, Jermel Charlo, 30-0. and And he's got six world title fight defenses, four knockouts, taking on dangerous Ukrainian uh, Sergei Dervinchenko. Mm-hmm. Guy's from New York City now, but he's Ukrainian. He is lethal and dangerous. These are great fights. And then they got 400-card matchups that are incredible in the 118, 122-pound divisions where you've got two world champs, Figueroa and Casimero, and a number one-ranked contender, Neary fighting two WBA number two-ranked fighters in Roman and Pajano fighting. Six fights, five title fights, Showtime pay-per-view. Go to Showtime's app or Showtime.com or just call your cable operator. You're going to love it. A double dip with the Charlo brothers on Showtime pay-per-view Saturday night. I'm all over it, Carver High.
6: Yes, you are. I'm looking forward to that on Saturday night. Let's fly through some of the NFL from yesterday audio-wise, Scotty. Uh, Before we get your pick for tonight's game, let's hear from Raiders coach John Gruden, who knows his team is going to have a very tough task with the explosive New Orleans Saints tonight when they open Allegiant Stadium.
2: It's going
0: to be the greatest challenge there is. This guy's the best. This guy's uh, thrown for four more yards and than anybody to ever play the position. So it'll be a challenge. Playing conditions will be perfect, but he's not the only problem. They went five and zero without Breeze. They got Tyson Hill and Camara, and they got Murray, and they got Jared Cook. We got to stop their offense and stop, slow down their defense. Uh, but it'll be a big challenge for us. They're a great team.
2: Look, I mean, uh, you heard Adam Kaplan talk about the Raiders' porous secondary against Drew Brees. Honestly, uh, I was on fire Sunday, so I'm not one to go into Monday thinking I have anything going in a Monday night game. But honestly, I'm on the Saints. I think Brees should be able to pick apart this team. I don't care if they play in their new building, old building. I don't care if they play on a parking lot full of glass. Uh, And I got to tell you, Mike Thomas not playing. When you're as loaded as the Saints allegedly are, there's a lot of people think they'll win 14 games at least and go to the Super Bowl. If you're allegedly that good, you should shred the Raiders by 10 to 14 points. I don't care where the game is. Breeze against that secondary. Now, look, I think Carr's going to have his moments. I think they'll score. I think they'll be in the game for a little while, but the Saints should be able to rub them out.
6: A lot of close finishes down to the wire yesterday, Scotty. None more than the Sunday night game between the Seahawks and the Patriots. Here it is, final play of the game on NBC. This is it.
0: Now the fullback's going to shift to be Lee Blocker. Here we go. Cam is going to take it himself, and he doesn't get in. And the Seahawks are going to win the game. Line up. With a power formation and you got LJ Collier and Leno Hill are the two guys who are there.
2: You know, I thought that uh the Seahawks uh would beat the Patriots easily. I thought the four was uh easy money. I was surprised, uh, and admittedly, at how well I thought the Patriots played. I thought Cam Newton looked absolutely ruthless out there throwing just ripping seamless passes just everywhere deep passes you name it everybody said his arm was shot wrong everybody says uh that he's overrated wrong the guy rocked he ran for two touchdowns in week one he ran for a couple more in this game whatever what does this guy not do i mean He looks better any day in a week than Tom Brady with the Patriots in the last couple years. You saw it coming with Brady last year, and they finally lost in the playoffs at home. Cam looks phenomenal right now. If he stays healthy, they're dangerous. They're playing the Raiders next week in Foxborough. I was thinking about Raiders upset. Not anymore.
6: The Falcons' scotty became the first team since 1933 to lose a game Despite scoring 39 points and not turning the ball over once, teams had been 440-0 and 0 in previous situations like that. Here is head coach Dan Quinn about the loss.
3: He's got uh,
5: done with the team in the locker room, and uh, it's tough to uh, to put a, a loss like that in place. Um, I told the team there has to be uh, a lesson in, in the pain of that loss, and uh, I'm sure we will work into that as we're getting into our preparation for next week, but definitely uh, one that, uh, that stings. All
2: right, real quick. Walsh just hit a grand slam for the angels against Texas. It's eight, three angels out in Anaheim, but let me say this about Dan Quinn and I I love Thomas Dimitrov. I'm good friends with him, but they got to fire this guy and they should have done it today. I mean, honestly, what more do you need to know that this guy's finished in Atlanta? I mean, how many more brutal losses are you going to swallow before you finally get the message that it's time for a change? I cannot believe that Arthur Blank continues to let – I know everyone loves Dan. Well, then give him a front office job because he's not doing it as a coach anymore at all. The Falcons are dead in the water. You've got to get rid of him. And I, while I'm at it, I mean, I might as well just sever all the heads. Patricia, I would have fired him yesterday too. I'm done watching this guy. He can't coach. That's all there is to it. He's terrible. And the Lions are going backwards. Do you remember literally like three, four weeks ago, people talking about the Lions going to the Super Bowl? The Lions are going to the playoffs. The Lions are going to win the North. The Lions aren't winning anything, okay? Nothing. They'll be lucky. God will maybe, maybe God will bless them on Thanksgiving Day with that torturous four hours of watching them play on Thanksgiving. I mean, honestly, uh, what could be worse? I, I've been telling people this for years. Is there anything worse than watching them on Thanksgiving at noon? I want to kill myself watching the Lions play football. I don't care what anybody in Detroit thinks. They know it, too. All your teams there suck. And the Red Wings are the only one with a history. So, And they suck, too. So, and they were the greatest team I've ever seen from Detroit. And they got all the cups. Now they don't have anything. They have nothing. The baseball team has nothing. Their manager's dying. You got uh, the, the basketball team's a joke. The NFL team's a joke. I would have fired him, too, already. I mean, when's the last time they won a game?
6: Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have won six straight games when trailing by double digits. Here's kicker Harrison Butker, Scotty. He had to make this kick three times to win the game. Once from 53, it got moved back to 58. He got iced, and then he hits it again from 58. Here it is on 106.5, the Wolf.
0: A 58-yard attempt.
5: He's had plenty of leg on the first two attempts. Butker's kick is up. He lines it up. The kick is long enough. It is good!
0: Harrison Butker, money, 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 penalty. Trying to freeze him. He thaws the Chargers with a 23-20 walk-off, 58-yard field goal, tying a Chiefs record, his own record that he tied earlier in the game.
2: I mean, it was unbelievable. I don't know how a guy could do it uh, twice. You know, with the freeze and kick it again from 58. But then to call the timeout and have to kick it again a third time, I don't even know how anyone has that much leg, including NFL kickers, to kick three 58-yarders in a row and make all of them. I mean, there isn't a guy in the league that could do it. I really—I don't even think Tucker could make three in a row from 58 under those circumstances with the whistle, the timeout, and everything else that went on. I just cannot believe that he made all three. I thought for sure he'd miss at least one of them uh, at the end, the last one. And he didn't. So kudos to him. Great job. I hit that game both ways, and now they're going to celebrate by going to Baltimore and losing next week.
6: The Steelers had to hang on to beat the Broncos, Scotty. But let's hear a touchdown from Big Ben to the pride of South Bend, Chase Claypool, oh. right here on CBS.
2: From
5: the 16, oh,
2: going to go deep oh, oh, down oh, the far oh, sideline. Oh, oh, he's got oh, his oh, man. That ball. I mean, that was a huge 84-yard touchdown bomb. Uh, I think, you know, he might have missed out on, like, the details of that play, that it was 84 yards. It was a huge bomb and catch and run. That guy's got deep threat speed. He looked fantastic. Although I'm telling you, I told you Denver would give them problems and they did. They never should have been in the game at all. They lost their quarterback. They should have beat them by 20. But now they're playing the Texans who haven't won a game. There's a sucker play for you right there. The Steelers, everyone's going to jump on them against the Texans. I bet they lose that game.
6: Josh Allen had a monster day for the Buffalo Bills for once. They, the offense, had to carry them to a win, Scotty, not the defense. And Allen joins... Becomes the fourth player in the first two weeks of the season to throw for seven hundred plus yards, six touchdowns, and no interceptions. While we listen to Josh Scotty, you can see who those other other names are.
5: I, mean, I think it's an attitude that we we just have. Um, you know, we believe in our in our playmakers here, and um, you know, Custer Tables is not the one to shy away from from putting the ball in my hands. Um, you know, but our our five did a great job in protection. Um, our backs, our tight ends did a great job as well. Our guys got open. They made plays. Undrafted free, uh, you know, undrafted rookie free agent, Reggie, um, you know, scoring a touchdown. Uh, we had Gabe Davis on a third down, fourth or fifth round pick, rookie, um, making big plays when uh, when we needed it. So when you got guys that can step up and, and fill roles and um, make plays with that they did, uh, that's huge for a team's success. And again, um, there's going to be games where the offense has got to step up. And today was one of those days.
2: Yeah, and I still covered on the back end uh with defense. Uh, I think the game of the week this week is Rams Bills in in Buffalo without a doubt.
6: Eagles of course, you've talked about it a lot today Scotty. Tough loss to the Rams at home. They are 0 and 2. Here is head coach Doug Peterson. Everyone has to be better right now.
0: Well, listen. It's um, you know, it's not about one player or one unit. You know, the offense has to do their part, obviously, and not turn the football over. And uh, we got to put points on the board when, when we have opportunities. You know, field goals are great, but you know, when we get get into the red zone like that, it's it's uh, we got to come away with more more scores, touchdowns, and and then yeah, I mean, the defense you know has a has a part in that too. I mean, they they got they pride themselves on you know getting off the field and and. Um, you know, trying to help the offense, things go, these things go hand in hand. It's not, it's not one unit, one guy. Uh, it's things we got to, we got to address. We got to address them uh, quickly.
2: All right. Uh, they suck. How's that for uh period at the end of the sentence? They, they, they are so terrible. I can't even believe it. I don't know who's worse. Them or the Vikings, seriously. All right. So uh, can we skip ahead to the U? Cause it's all about the you?
6: It, it it was all about the U on Saturday night, Scotty. Forty-seven to thirty-four, the U win at Louisville. The King, three hundred twenty-five yards, three touchdowns. Enormous night for him. Big showing for the U, Scotty.
2: Well, I was wrong about the U uh, in the game. I still have to see more work because uh, I've seen him start five and oh, six and oh before, and then collapse and end up going seven and six. So I don't want to hear it. But I'll give you this. The difference is Derrick King, he's phenomenal. He changes everything for them. I think he makes their offense dangerous. Their running game is dangerous. Their receivers are dangerous. Their defense is fast and athletic. Uh, And now they're going to kick Florida State's ass this week down in, uh, you know, uh, hard rock. So get ready because that's happening because Florida State's coach has COVID and they suck. So on top of that, the Canes should kick their ass. I think the number's nine to open it up.
6: And you'll see from the new AP Top 25 as we throw it up there on the screen, the Canes have moved all the way up to number 12. Cane Day, Cane Day, Cane Day. Uh, How about Notre Dame? 52-0 over USF. They are now number 7. Clemson stays at number 1 after beating the Citadel. Uh, Big 10, Scotty, they will get in the mix in a couple of weeks. Some pretty good week 1 matchups. Nebraska's already crying, Scotty, because they have to play Ohio State and Wisconsin the first two games of the season. Too bad for them, huh?
2: Well, maybe they should learn how to beat like Northwestern and Purdue (laughs) and Indiana before they start worrying about uh, having to play Ohio State because all they do is cry and all they do is lose. So Scott Frost, they talk big, but they don't back it up
1: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
2: all right carver hi uh i don't know where you're gonna uh, leave it in terms of where we just were but there's still some more college stuff right like in terms of uh Pac-12, et cetera.
6: Yes, the Pac-12 is going to make a decision by Thursday on when they're going to return. Deion Sanders, did you see the press conference today with the marching band? (laughs) He's going to be the new head coach at Jackson State. Uh, Who do you want Alabama to start on Saturday, Mac Jones or Bryce Young? Where does Scotty go, quickly?
2: Well, I go Mac Jones, and I think they already named him the starter, but I would have named him the starter anyway. But I'm telling you, they are dying to let Bryce Young play. And I know that uh, Miles Brennan got the LSU starting gig, and I think that was inevitable as well.
6: Bryson DeChambeau, Scotty, he absolutely tore everybody up at the U.S. Open this weekend at Wingfoot. He finishes six under, wins it by six strokes. Uh, let's be fair, nobody came close to him on Sunday. He had a walk in the park on the back nine.
2: He kicked that course's ass, but nobody else did. So I think it's uh, one Deshambo, one Wingfoot. I think it's a tie because everyone else got imploded. Uh, I thought that Wingfoot was was lethal, and I thought Deshambo was better than the golf course, but nobody else. And I, I don't think anyone like cares. It, no I'm one right. cares about that U.S. Open yesterday with football on. I didn't. I, I tried to watch for like ten minutes. My mother-in-law yelled at me.
6: It's not like it's not like when it usually is on Father's Day weekend and you can really get into it there was so much other stuff going on yesterday that it definitely got uh hit right. Stanley Cup final game 2 tonight Scotty how about the Stars up one nothing after the win on Saturday night do the Lightning even it up tonight
2: Well, I I like Tampa tonight. Uh, They have to win, and if they don't, they're in big trouble, mister. Honestly, I think this is a huge game. I know no one cares because there's no NBA, but get into it because it's the biggest game of the night, and then the Saints Raiders. I want to tell you, dad of five sliced uh, open his pregnant wife's stomach to check if the baby was a boy. I guess he was sick of having girls. And then how about a man sentenced after police find a loaded gun in his crevasse during a strip church? That would be in his like crevasse, you know, between his cheeks. <laughs> Game time is next time for I'll see you tonight on the bench.
1: You're watching Sports Creek.